Welcome to the What I Meant to Say podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Jones, founder of Be Better Media and a mom of four, passionate about human connection. Some of these stories contain sensitive content about real life events, and all of the information in this podcast and from anywhere on the Be Better Media website is for informational purposes only. If you find that you need help, which we all do from time to time, please reach out to a licensed professional for help. It was an absolute pleasure and an honor to sit down and talk with Kent Steffes about his new book, Kings of Summer, AVP Memories, Mindset, and Political Stories Old and New. His mental game is on par with his beach volleyball prowess, and this conversation highlights why he has excelled not just in sports, but as a leader and entrepreneur. Don't miss this episode with this 1996 Atlanta Olympic gold medalist. Friday afternoon, and I'm here with Kent Steffes on uh, what I meant to say. I'm so glad we got this put together, and Kings of Summer is out. Yes, my book. Yeah, really, um, I took, I've taken most of it in. I've listened to a couple podcasts that you did. I did my research going back in my own memory Mm -hmm. and missed one thing that you you cleaned up for me on your way in. So, um, ABP Fresno, Republican Convention, Mm -hmm. all these things. So, thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, Yeah, tons of fun. So, um, there's so many things in my memory that mm-hmm. tie back to beach volleyball. Mm-hmm. And um, when you came to Fresno mm-hmm. three times, the AVP came to Fresno. I really only remember twice. But you told me 1990, so it was 1990, 90, 91, and 92. Yes. And it's when I fell in love with beach volleyball because I had never had more fun. Randy and Sinjin and you and Karch and Tim and Mike and all of the big names. There were posters all over my wall. Nothing that fun had ever come to Fresno, at least as far as I was concerned. So <laughs> I remember telling my parents, like, this is the best thing that ever happened. So, and I've loved beach volleyball ever since. So I'd love to just start there and get some of your memories from those games that just meant a ton to me. I loved it. Well, so we talked about a little bit of the book that I wrote, Kings of Summer, and the sport started in California, Southern California, yeah. and then somewhere in the late 80s and 90s, it just exploded across California, across the United States, and then it got into the Olympics, and now it's across the world, this tiny sport. And so you're, what you're talking about was right at that transition was just blowing up. And we would come to Fresno, and uh, what was really great about Fresno is the city, the community really got behind the tournament. They really liked it, they really came out. And they ended up building an entire park. Lost Lake. For Be- Lost Lake Beach Volleyball. Yeah. And there's beach volleyball courts with these great, like, you know, uh, like an amphitheater surrounding mm-hmm. it where you could sort of sit on the hill. And the place was packed, and the place was exciting, and the place was fun, and it just—it's—it's it's great to go to a tournament uh, when you know it's a big crowd, everyone loves it, everyone's excited about it. So it was just so fun to be a part of those times, and it's—it had an effect on you, it had an effect on a lot of people. Yeah, and I think when the game goes to places where it isn't traditionally played, and it's—it—that's like the way to expand the game. Like I love seeing beach volleyball courts places where like how they're, they're going in around the country obviously the NCAA game you know has really brought it on for mm-hmm. girls um, there are some courts in Fresno I've been out to that are built <laughs> in the middle of a bunch of vineyards and their the kids Beautiful. are playing yeah. so I call it like the Fresno Field of Dreams so yeah. we've got some stuff on our website on that it's really cool that's great um, but yeah those were just some of my most fun memories so you got a third the first year mm-hmm. in 90 a second in 91 and a first in 92. That's right. So yeah. I, yeah, I just... Um, climbing the ladder of climbing, success. Yeah. Of Fresno success. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so much fun. And um, 
I just, the other thing we have in common is a little background in California politics. And mm -hmm. I remember being at the San Diego Republican Convention mm -hmm. in 1996, mm -hmm. right after you had won your gold medal. And Newt Gingrich pulled you up on the stage. He did. <laughs> and I was in the audience and I'm like, beach volleyball and politics. Like what, like how is this, how is this happening? This is so much fun. And I, it was probably like the highlight for me of that convention. I'm sure there were many great speeches. <laughs> I do remember Jack Kemp's speech. That was yeah, a great that one. Was good. Yeah. Um, but so you and are you still involved in politics in California or was that like a a thing at, at that time, gold medal coming off the gold medal and people just Well there, there was there was two things. One I was interested in politics as, yeah. as a as a young person. I, I always have been and I still am. But um, so the 1996 Republican National Convention was in California, and the chairman of the California Republican Party, who actually became a really good friend of mine, okay. he, they're, they're the host of the convention, being this host state. Yeah. So his idea was to have a volleyball exhibition. for It was, for, it was Sunday night, so the, the yes. convention kicks off Sunday night, and they wanted to have a beach volleyball party. Like party at the beach and invite yeah, the beach volleyball players, California sun. And... It was actually a funny story because I was in Manhattan Beach, right? The biggest tournament yes. of, at the time uh -huh. was the Manhattan Beach Open. And I said, well, look, I'm happy to come down, but I'm playing in a tournament. And if I lose, I'll be right down there. But if I win, I don't know how I'm going to get down. So he ends up calling me. He goes, don't worry. We have a private jet waiting for you at the Manhattan airport. Ready, oh, my goodness. Ready to yeah. fly down to San Diego. I said, well, okay. But I don't know how I'm going to get from the beach to to the airport. To the airport. He's like, okay, someone's going to be there at noon, so however long it takes, and as soon as you're done, they'll take it. Actually, we had to, they had to get me to a gym to shower, to uh -huh, change into right. something, jump on this private plane, fly down. So these things are big. Yeah. <laughs> they had a lot of money around them, and they have no reason. So we fly to San Diego, and there's there's like a police escort yes. through the city for me. Just uh, dumb music. No, Grew up in Pacific Palisades, double volleyball player. Yeah, right? I know. So, they roll. They, they they roll us through traffic, and there's we had a couple of the beach volleyball players with us as okay. well. Who we did you play with in that exhibition? Do you remember? I know Canyon Seaman was there. Okay, uh, and I I have to think. Yeah, God, it's been a long I time. Want, I know, totally. It's been a long time. I remember that venue, and I remember watching um, outside, and that yeah. I do remember the thing about that I mean, convention was the level of security. I had never oh, seen yeah. security yeah. like that, and um, and traffic, like out on the. I, that little peninsula out there, like it was just so packed, but yeah. so many great, you know, great speeches, great volleyball, and like all of that stuff coming together for me. I was twenty one. I was just like just finishing college. Isn't that fun? It's it so yeah, much you know, fun. Right yeah. So yeah, so we did that, and then he, and then you know, this guy, uh, chairman of the Republican Party, who California Republican Party, who became a friend of mine, he says just stay for the week or stay as long as you want, and, yeah, you know, whatever you want to do. And so I, you know, they're really fun. You know, they have concerts, they have totally. events, and if you like politics, you're right in the middle of it because that's where everybody yeah. comes. Yeah. And uh, irrespective of uh, what it, your political opinions might be, uh, mine or what they are, but it's always great to see like leaders, national um, leaders, and yeah. and uh, Newt Gingrich was at that time the most powerful person possibly on the planet as Speaker of the House. Yeah. Right? He had he had he had engineered the takeover of the House for the Republican Party, which hadn't happened since the what 20s or 30s right. something like that. so it was a big deal yeah he was a big deal yeah and i had mentioned something about him i said yeah i really like him because you know be, not being an olympic gold medalist number one player i like i like winners yeah yeah <laughs> even in politics i like winners totally so, both sides uh you don't have to like someone's politics to like yeah. how good they are what do you think those attributes you set the politics mm -hmm. aside what do you think those attributes are 
in a, a guy like Newt, and like you say, like in a winner. What do you see in someone like in you? politics? Yeah. Uh, well, back then it was sort of organization. It was putting together. You know, remember he did the contract with America. It yeah. was It was communicating to the um, electorate what your plans were and to try to get it past the the media, which was really small. So yeah. the gatekeepers would keep you from communicating, and he figured out a way to communicate to people to get that agenda across that everybody liked. Yeah. Now it's completely different. So. Yeah, we really have taken a. Yeah, yeah. Now they just BS us all the time. Yeah. Whatever they tell us, whatever they want to hear, we I, want to hear. I, I know that's part. That's part of what I'm doing here. I'm like, I, I need a different. I, I need a different narrative because what I the, the life I live every day doesn't sound like what's on TV. And I'm like, I just I can't. I don't even keep it on anymore. I've gone. That's why I love the podcast circuit. I think there's so much good wisdom out there and like you know, of course entrepreneurs yeah. and yeah. leadership and arts and sports and podcast world is to me just so much more accurate and in-depth than anything you're going to get in the mainstream media today by clear clearly yeah. it's like yeah. well first of all like the mainstream media no matter what they're just they're just completely bsing and lying like and it's what's weird is there's google so you can just yeah. google and check that they're full of it like yeah. almost on everything on every pod which is why of course podcasts are great because you're getting you know conversations with people direct conversations with people about certain topics and well, go to the experts. Find out what they have. You don't. You don't yeah. need to have it filtered through. No, you don't. And a lot of the, mm. a lot of great ones. I mean, you can go out and find that information. You can back it up on your website, or people are using their Patreon page to just say, "Look, if you're questioning what I have to say, like come here and, and find why I'm saying it." Well, so. I think for me, for me, it's more like kind of this dream of the internet was that we'd all come together, wow, but we find out we don't really like each other. <laughs> we have we have really stark views of how we want the world to work, and they're, and they're very different and opposite, and they, don't, they can't be reconciled. So for me, what's great about the internet now is you can find the community that you're interested in, things that you're interested in. So if you're interested in truth or finding something out about something, then there's amazing, you know, like you said, podcasts, blogs, websites, you know, they don't get canceled, of course. Yeah. There's a whole cancel culture. Yeah. So... I mean, God, we're off. We should be back to sports, but but just one like one last thing is is so I I am in finance now. So I was a yeah. professional beach volleyball player, number one in the world, gold medalist, yeah. yada yada, the whole day world champion. And then I went to business school, and now I'm in finance. So I run a hedge mm-hmm. fund, right? Okay. So I do a lot of oil and gas, precious metals, you know, foreign exchange and technology. But okay. what I do is oil and gas. So I read a lot of Russian news media, okay. and I read a lot of Middle Eastern news media because they're the big. Commodity yes, producers. Right, absolutely. And I've done it for years. Yeah. So there's a war going on yes, between Russia is. and Ukraine. Yes. If you think you know what's going on reading U.S. media, you are so out, out, out to lunch yep. about what is going on. And what's crazy is, like you talk about with experts and all that, you can, they're, <laughs> it's just sad because it's war. Because yeah. so people are, you know, yeah, getting, no, getting banged up pretty hard. Yeah. But you also have a bunch of young guys mm-hmm. with cell phones taking selfies in the war zone of things, yeah. you know, blowing up and right. stuff like that. And there's a lot of great people who are commenting on it and, you know, where the war is going. You can follow it almost spot by spot. And you will never hear that in any U.S. media. And, okay. And they're completely lying. They're you, lying about everything. Can you give some names of where you get your news? Colonel Kassad, the mouthpiece for totalitarian propaganda. Because they're all they're all jokesters doing a little bit, right? Okay. Because you got to be. But yeah. it's mostly Telegram. It's mostly, um, uh, you know, God, there's uh, the Sacker. Um, okay. This one. I want to put some of this in the show notes. Um, but again, this is the, but for the, so again, I read the Russian side. Yeah. Because okay. I need to know what they're going to do with the oil and the gas. Yeah. Right. So the right. so the Nord Stream pipeline just blew up. I know. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, they try to blow up the right. Turkish ones. And, and yet somehow we're not wanting to be an energy independent here anymore. Like, don't get me started. I already did one oh, podcast. Well, it's going to be a cold winter I in know. Germany this year. Yes, it is. Yeah, so and, yeah. and, you know, if we don't wake up to knowing that, like, we can't just do away with oil and gas and flip on the switch for renewables and everyone's going to skip off and be happy, like, that's not going to happen. I mean, that's where people, we, that's my point. But that's where they know. think we, you know, people are like, I'm going to get my electric car and everybody's going to be happy. And that's not how it works. Like, well, all right. So we live in Los Angeles. So yeah. all the energy, the natural gas comes from Canada, right. through a pipe, through from Texas and Colorado. Right. So that's where, so there's these giant pipes yeah. that take this stuff hundreds and thousands mm-hmm. of miles so yeah. we can live here in the middle of a desert. Yeah. Without dying. <laughs> I know. I know. Anyway. But, but we said, uh, yeah. I, so it's we politics. Could, yeah. I love politics. I, lo- I know. Me too. And I did this on purpose, by the did way. Because everyone, talk- Yeah. And everyone, we'll get back to volleyball. Talks about and volleyball. everyone talks about yeah. volleyball. And I do recommend that everyone read the book because it's really well written. Um, yeah, what else but I did that on the, purpose. Let me give you some. Moon of Alabama is one. Does the Russian war. Okay. Ukrainian war. Mar- oh, the, the smooth, like uh, the son of the new American revolution. Um, okay. You you get it. Yeah. Once you get into the into the that sort of a group of people that talks about it. Um, okay, we're gonna put some of those names in the show notes so people can find out other <laughs> other sources. Because I read the Wall Street Journal every morning, and the opinion like the the commentary opinion page makes me want to pull my hair out most days. Again, you can just Google yeah. it and find out yeah. they're wrong. They're just making stuff up yeah. all the time. It's yeah. crazy. But, so how did yeah. you um, segue? I mean. Let's go back to the Olympics. I mean, obviously, okay. you know, let's start there and we'll, we'll come back. But the you played in the first, 90, 1996, first time beach volleyball was in the Olympics. And mm-hmm. um, Carl Hinkle is actually a friend of mine now. Yeah, his, his daughters played volleyball with my kids. And, you know, they're all kind of coming up together. And I remember hearing his name and being a fan. I was like, oh, wait a second. You know, and you meet people at this stage of life. And, and then Sinjin's son was played with my son at uh-huh. Loyola. So then I met Sinjin and Patty and, sure. you know, and it's like all of this stuff coming full circle because it was such just a part of my life. But And watching you guys in, um, in that 1996 Olympics. But the quarterfinal was actually a bigger deal yes, almost than, yes, that, than, the, than the gold medal match. Yeah. So and tell me a little bit about, um, you know, just what it was like to play in that, that first, the first time beach volleyball was in the, in the Olympics. Well, it was amazing because it's it's sort of it's difficult to comprehend how big an event the Olympics is. It's just enormous. Now it's only two weeks long, which is odd, but like billions of people watch. I mean, everybody knows what the Olympics is. Everyone knows what a gold medal is. When your sport becomes an Olympic sport, that that's a game changer because yeah. that's the one everyone wants to win. So every, whatever happened beforehand, it's life changing. Yeah. It was for me too. Yeah. So. The particulars of how they got there, again, we were a, a, a sort of a rebel sport that wasn't really even considered a sport, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't consider us athletes. They consider us like um, beach bums back in the time. Yeah. You know, now I say it's a homeless person sport, right? So <laughs> oh, homeless no. people sport. Oh, it's funny. It's always <laughs> know, this, yeah. Right, because it's got that lifestyle, it that does, beach. It's a total lifestyle sport, for yeah, sure. Right, so yeah. they called us beach bums back then. They're like, what are you going to do for a living, Ken? I was like, well, I'm going to be a beach volleyball player. They're like, well, no, really, like for a job. And I yeah. was like, I think I'm going to be a beach volleyball player, and I think it's going to go. So two f- best friends, Karch and Sinjin, become yeah. mortal enemies, yeah. da, 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 and they hate each other. <laughs> and they're fighting for 
beach volleyball in the future and what's of course right, good, and all proper in the planet of yeah. beach volleyball dumb. Yeah. And they become like, they fight against each other. And lo and behold, there's a big controversy over qualification process in the Olympics, how to get there. And for us athletes, that's a big deal. Heck yeah. Things like this, like who should be there, who deserves to be there. And they started calling each other really nasty names <laughs> coming up. And of course the media just loves it. Yeah. And it, it, we, 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 they, they do this uh, um, random draw to see who you'll play. And, they end up going to meet each other in the quarterfinal match. Yeah. Of course, the universe just always mm -hmm. does that. Quarterfinals, truthfully, quarterfinals are tough so so many times, right? right? Like If you're getting to the championships, it's usually your quarterfinal that's just yeah. grueling. Well, as I say, like if I look at my career, uh, the tournaments are incredibly tight in terms of games. Like The difference between me as the winningest player of all time and me not being is usually about two points per tournament. Okay, so if you take out... If you change two points per tournament, I, I lose 80% of the wins I've ever had. That's how close it is. Think of it this way. Even though Michael Jordan's the greatest, how many last-second shots did he have to take in the playoffs to win? Like, it's a lot. You'd yeah. be surprised. Yeah. You know, Tom Brady has to have you – know, the first three Super Bowls, they won by three points each game. Yeah. Even, even, I mean, when that, you get to the top, that's yes. what you notice is those it's con consistency by a razor's edge. So what they always say is, you know, you, you don't always go in there with your best stuff, but you gotta you gotta win when mm -hmm. you don't have your best stuff. Yeah, and you're always gonna be challenged in a, in a tournament because you got the best plan is against each other, and that's the difference between the the, the guys who are you know the all time greats, yep. the winningest player of all time, and those that aren't. It's yeah. that close. So. This was one of those close ones. Actually, it was even worse. We were getting smoked. Right? Okay, they, yes. they, they were beating okay. us badly. All right, so they shouldn't have been there, Karch says. They didn't deserve to be there. Uh -huh. St. like, I don't deserve to be here. I'm the king of the beach. Yeah. I started this thing. I grew this thing. I was the one who put beach volleyball in the Olympics. And he actually did. He did a lot with Dr. Ruben Acosta. who was the head of the international organizations. A bunch of lettered words, F-I-V-B, I-O-C, U-S-A-V, everybody wants yeah. to, you know, everyone has to take <laughs> Hob -nobbing. the pound yeah. of flesh yeah. to <laughs> totally. have the sport, right? Yeah. So there's all the names and all that, but he really worked hard to get in the Olympics. He, he actually was really responsible in the 80s for growing the sport, and we detail in the book, Kings yeah. of Summer, uh, what he did personally. And then he kind of turned over to me, because as an athlete in a sport that was that size, it's not a big sport, beach volleyball. It's right. a fun sport. Yeah. We love to play. Right. It's, Absolutely. you know, like you came to Fresno, and we got good crowds, yeah. but... It's a small sport compared right. to in the world, but so we had, had to do a lot of our own work to, to grow and, and, and bring it to people and uh, bring that excitement around the country now, around the world. As a matter of fact, it's so big right now that it's barely even played in Cal the United States. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Only, it's a little bit, yeah, only a little bit in California. Game. The international game, is, it's huge now. Yeah. So it's bigger now right. than it was when I played, but it's not as big, it's, it's like almost not that big in the United States. <laughs> I know. So we're, we're playing a quarterfinal match against Sinjin and Carl and everyone's pissed off at each other and everyone's calling each other names and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as sports it's, fans, and, you know, and, there's nothing better than a great everybody. Right? So there's 12,000 paying fans, which yeah. is a big crowd in beach volleyball. And everyone knows the story too. Yeah. And everybody watching knows the story and everybody's been telling the story and we're getting beat. And so there's really only two reasons why you lose a volleyball match. You're better and you lose or they're better and you lose. Yeah. All right. Okay. So... We're the better team, yeah. but not that game. And when they're the better team, when the other team's better than you, you don't win a lot of games. Yeah, That's a problem with sports. So yeah. if the other team's better, you're going to lose, and you're going right. to lose a lot. So they were better than us, and we had to do something. We had to turn around. 
and we die. It's actually it, it, there's a really great um, literary technique that Travis chose. He was my co-writer. Yes, he's is a he, great writer. Yeah, he is an amazing yeah. writer. He chose that single match. So he weaves the entire story of the history of the sport. We both, you know, both wrote it together. But it's it's it just comes in and out of that one single match. It's a really compelling literary technique yes, that I, I think totally, you'll find interesting. I agree. It's some of my favorite books. I didn't know this one was going to be woven that way. And yeah. some of my favorite books that I've, I've written will bounce back to a center point. And it is. It's a great literary technique. And that match is so pivotal yeah. in volleyball history. It but, so it's you know, the match it, of the century. It, it yeah. Is, yeah. It, it's, it, it, it's also, so we talk about it, like we're losing. And so what do you do when you're the best team in the world, but they're better than you? And you're not, our strategy was wrong. And we have to shift, and that's not easy. It wasn't easy for Karsh because he was getting us, you know, butt handed to him pretty yeah, badly. and by and the the guy who is, you know, has gone down in history as the king of the sport. Yes, engine, but like from indoor to beach, for Karsh to come out on the beach and win a gold medal. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot of volleyball history going on, and a lot going on up here mm-hmm. yeah, for yeah. both of you guys. Yeah, yeah. Carl, who played yes. phenomenally, not only in that match but in that in, in that. Olympic Games, uh, he was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to show Karch that he was really pissed. So you don't want to piss off an athlete, yeah, because they just play that much better. Totally, and that's what people when when people come read this book like mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. really yeah you guys you you detailed it really well that that back and forth and who's getting served and yeah he, oh yeah, yeah because he just because you know Karch was like oh well, I'm going to show you you know I'm going to show you I'm going to show you and that was the problem we were having so we had to shift and it was I was. You know, trying to nudge Karsh to get going in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. So, how many years did you and Karsh play together? Started about 91. Okay. So, we played about seven okay. through 96. Yeah. So I mean, I, that was another part I really enjoyed about this book, was just kind of hearing how he had come up in the story with his dad, and I, I really hadn't done a lot of research on him. But Laz? Yeah. Laz Gerlach, the Hungarian yes, freedom fighter. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, now that makes a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah. And I'm always really fascinated by that through line of like parents to their kids and mm-hmm. like, you know, how, you know, how do you raise a champion? You know, and I think that that narrative has changed a lot over the last generation. And, you know, you can come from, you, you can always look, you can see athletes that have coaches for parents um, that were, the parents were athletes or like the parents, there's no sports in the household. It makes a difference. Like if a kid has an interest in the oh, sport, yeah. right? Of course. What mindset are you training? Mm-hmm. You know, how does your home run? Like where's the, what the value system? Is it somewhere centered around competition and, you know, technique and all of that stuff? So you can see a lot of gym rats. Like the coach's kids that end up being the star athletes, it happens That's quite a bit. That's what happens, yeah. But um, I that story of, of Karch and his dad and um, just looking at how – the mentality of a dad like that versus what sometimes what you see today which is you know my kid is the best kid on the on the court and he deserves to play and like there's just so much more micromanaging of kids in sports today and i'm looking at that as like that to me is how you live how you mold a champion but the kid also has to have it too but how you put an 11 year old out on the court and have him just be hungry yeah to play against adults and just i was so, and you have kids. Mm-hmm. Do your kids play sports? Yeah, my daughter plays softball. Does really she? Good. Yeah. Okay. Fo- well, my son plays a little football, but okay. they've had the COVID thing has been terrible for it him. Really it really has. wrecked high school sports and just started when that happened. Yeah. So, and how, how old are your kids? Uh, Catherine's 18 and Conrad is 16. So she's a senior and he's a junior. 
Very cool. Yeah. yeah. She's a good softball player. She's the best, best hitter on the team. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. What she position does she play? Uh, she plays catcher. Oh, sweet. Yeah. She's tough. She, she hits a long bomb, too. Yeah, that's good. awesome. So doing that. Yeah. So how, with your kids, like, how did you train competition, or what was your perspective on that with them? Well, I got a little different perspective okay. when it comes to this. And um, you mentioned it earlier that you see a lot of athletes who become professionals or go to college have really heavy in parent involvement. Yeah. And there's a reason for that, and that's important. And I've spoken about this a lot. Yeah. And I get pushed back a lot. Okay. So if anybody out there, this is controversial. <laughs> okay? Great. But there's, uh, there's a way to train a kid if you just want to play sports, there's a way to train a kid if you want to be a good athlete. Okay, and that's mm -hmm. the first thing. So what do you want for the kid and what does the kid want? So I wrote a series of, of, of posts which were basically like, uh, these are posts for kids that want to become professional or elite athletes and their parents that want to help them do it. And the first thing was pushback. Oh, that's not what it should be about. You know, most athletes never become that. I said, of course they don't. So I'm right. not talking about that. Right. about this small group, right? What you find, the reason why uh, parent-directed athletes do better is because the coaches out there are not good. I'm just going to say that. Okay. Most of them are bad, okay? But, but, but that, that's just the quick way. So okay. if you're a parent, the coaches are going to be bad. But here's the technical way. Uh, the, 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 the real problem with coaches is they, want, they like to coach, and that's the problem, all right? So you find them that the, the, the coach, if you want your child to be successful, you need your child to get better. Yes. Okay, and there's very few coaches that want their athletes to get better, okay? Okay. They want to coach, all right? And you can see it. If, you know, if you're a professional like I am, and you know and you see it, you can tell right away. And actually, uh, Galway, who wrote the book, The Inner Game of Tennis, the yes. foundational work on mindset, mm -hmm. he realized that too. He goes, he goes, I just... I realized that I was more interested in wanting to be a teacher than I was my students getting better. And he goes, once I realized, like, wait a minute, I want my students to get better, that's when he developed the inner game of tennis. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing, yeah. right? So does that have something to do with the coach remote, like backing away from his own ego or her own ego? In no, they like to they like to just talk about what they know. Like it's yeah. not bad. I'm not being yeah. critical. Okay. All right. I'm not being critical yeah. at all. Like they just want to share their. Like, so it's more like knowledge sharing. Share. They want okay. to share their knowledge. Okay. So like, I know so much about this game, and I want to share it. Versus like, is, is what you're doing going to help the kid? Technically, hit? yeah. Like you got to hit or, or hit the ball. Yeah. Or stuff like that. To me, you're getting it like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like that that intersection between knowing something and doing something. Like, well, how do you bridge that gap? Yeah, well, it's worse right. than that. It's worse okay. than that. So everyone knows how to hit a baseball or to yeah. swing at a volleyball, but what you don't know is if somebody's doing it incorrectly, how to get them to do it correctly. That's challenging. Yeah. Okay, ready? If you want, ready? Here you go. You want to be the world's best beach volleyball player? I say it all the time. Okay, you hit it where they're not. Hit yeah. it where they ain't. Yep, absolutely. Okay, I, 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 ready? Everybody out there who's not winning the beach volleyball terms, you're doing three things. You're not looking at. You're not able to see the the ball, the block, or the defensive player. Yeah. Why not? Why are you hitting it where you shouldn't be hitting it? Because you can't see. Yeah. Why can't you see? Now you, you'll never see a how-to video or any coach talking about that, but that's critical. Right. Okay. And it's not. It's not. It's 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 a whole thing with vision. Oh which yeah. You gotta know. Tracking and vision tracking. No, no, okay. exactly right. not. No, okay. no, it's it's <laughs> it's not. It's basically central versus non-central vision. You can't focus. The moment you start focusing, 
You can't yes. see. So you have okay. to have a you have to see them all at the same time. You have to see the ball, the blocker, and the fence player at the same time. Okay, and when you start doing it, you you'll miss a few balls. It's embarrassing. Uh -huh. Right. So now here's the key. I didn't learn this till actually today because we know a lot. We have a lot more research now yeah. in terms of training athletes and how athletes operate because they're studying it now right. versus before. Before it wasn't. Now there's a lot of money in. Yeah. But the moment you go into peripheral vision, so the moment you're seeing things not in your central vision but in your non-central vision, your brain speeds up 25 percent. So you want to get 25 percent better. Stop looking at the ball. Stop focusing on the ball. Stop focusing on the player. Okay? You don't okay. look. Everyone's like, look at the ball. And you, no, that's not what you do. You do not look at the ball. Ish. Yeah. Okay? Right? Again, it's more, yeah. the lang it's tough with the language. Yeah. But you're 25% faster. You know what's called time dilation. So mm -hmm. time slows down. Oh, all right? Yeah. And the ball gets bigger. Actually, if you don't look at the ball, if you, sit, if you have it off in your peripheral vision, the ball gets bigger. Yes. Okay. So you can see things larger. Yeah. Second thing you need to do to become beach volleyball, everyone's block timing's off. You're, okay. block, you're not trying to block the ball. Or excuse me. You're, yeah, you're not trying to block the, the hitter. You're trying to block the ball when they make a mistake. And that's a fundamental error everyone makes. Mostly because they come from indoor and they're indoor trained in terms of blocking. So they go too early. Yeah. You see it all the time. You're trying to block when they make a mistake. Defense. Everyone's in the wrong position. Okay. This court is not eight foot, eight meter by eight meters. It's three dimensional. It's actually four dimensional. And in the, in, in, in the, in, in this court, if you look, if you think of it as four dimensions, three dimensions, the court dimensions change as the play changes. So most of them are not in the right spot. Um, okay. You're not trying to dig the ball. You're trying to get in the right spot. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I, I see these drills. Oh, we got to do, oh my God. What is it called? Slide. This is center, center, midline. Oh God, all these words. Uh -huh. Midline, shuffle, yeah. shuffle step, midline. No. Right. Okay. Karch had this technique when he dug. Sijin had this technique when he dug, and Mike Dodd had a completely different technique. Okay. All right, but all three of them did the same thing. They were in the right spot <laughs> yeah. when the ball was hit. Okay? Yeah. That's it. Trust me. What, then we'll work from there. You don't hear coaches say that, and that's just beach volleyball. Right. I know that. But I've also, I, I, you know, I taught my daughter softball. I did soccer. It's the same across all sports. Okay? okay. There's a quarter of a sport. There's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's the essence of what you're trying to accomplish that is challenging for a human. That's why they're good. It just somehow challenges us humanity. They, you know, sports is meant to induce fear, anxiety, exhaustion, pain, yeah. okay? All these things, it's, you know, it, it, that's their purpose. That's how they're designed specifically, yeah. okay? You're playing beach volleyball, it's hot. It's hard to move, okay? It, 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 it's repetitive, so your joints begin to get totally. injured all the time. I got the surgery to yeah. prove it. Right. Right, so everyone says like you know, oh, it's they play, like there's a lot of reasons why kids stop playing. It's not fun for a lot of kids. That's not that fun sometimes. Yeah. You know, if you talk to a distance runner, the first thing you say is you got to be able to endure enormous amounts of pain. Yep. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's how it challenges you, and that's what you kind of. So now we're back to the kid thing, right? I, so uh, I get there often with four. Well, now yeah. you're talking about a child, right? If it's yes. not your child, how are you going to manage that? young thing through these sorts of things right, right? like it's like dad i'm scared you know, my yeah. daughter dad I'm, I'm afraid you're gonna be like i'm gonna be you're gonna be mad at me i'm gonna i'm gonna blow it i'm gonna mess up right she's at the bottom of the inning with the girl on base she hits the ball we win the championship Woohoo! pizza and ice cream right, right. it's yeah. all fun yeah, times yeah, yeah. she doesn't hit the ball oh. she feels you know a little girl yeah. whole team on her shoulders we still go to pizza and ice cream because yeah. that's because okay. girl sports. It. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's not. It's, come on, you got to make it fun. Yeah, it's not that right, steep. But, but she's going. like, well, Daddy, I'm nervous. I go, well, yeah. you should be nervous. Yeah. 
your spot of the inning, game's on the line, you win, you're a hero. If not, the whole team's going to like go, oh, and you're going to feel bad. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Right? Well, what do you want to do? Go up there and hit the ball. Yeah. You know, or not. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this chat as much as I am. For more great content, courses, and lifestyle, go to BeBetterMedia.tv. Right. And how did you how did you prepare, right? I mean, don't you think that preparation, even at young ages, like there's so much anxiety in kids' sports today, and I'm like, for anxiety, I'm like, just how do we back them off from that moment and be like, well, how do you show up at practice? Like, how do you prepare for these moments? Because they're coming, but... You see, the way, the, this is the, again, this is the way I took it. There's, mm -hmm. there's nothing, there's nothing that happens to you that's not normal and natural. So you're a human being. If you have anxiety, that's totally normal. Yeah. So if you try to avoid it, you're, you're going in the wrong direction. Okay. So we as athletes, we have fear, we feel bad, we get pain, we get exhausted, mm -hmm. we lose focus. Women get anxiety. You know, April Ross talks about anxiety yeah. and body imaging issues with her and her career. Uh -huh. Right. Well. If you look at anxiety, what is it? It's your body's best motivational tool. Mm -hmm. So anxiety is sent to you to motivate you to do something. Yeah. Now, you don't like it, right? Because it wants you to do something. Yeah, it, you want to, but it, you're mm -hmm. wanting to get out of you. You use it to motivate you to get out of to move the, away what, from the, anxiety. Why? Right. Like, so there's a, I, I talk about this a lot, but it's, this is an incredibly interesting sport. Again, the foundation of work was uh, Galway and Henry David Tennyson. Yes. And, Golf is not a game of perfect. It was by Dr. Uh, Rotella, Bob Rotella. Oh, yeah, I like him. Of course. Yeah. Right? They're the best. Yeah. Thing. And we're moving on, all right? And we're, we're not a unitary single being, all right? We just, it's not, I'm not Kent that or my existence sort of behind my eyes and my brain. Yeah. We're made up of parts. We have three major brain parts, okay? One of which you have to completely eliminate to be a good athlete. That's the part which keeps you from doing dumb things. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Then you have your emotional system, your neurological system. And they all enter, and sometimes they work together, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they work against okay. you. So, you know, exhaustion's an emotion. It's not real. You're not actually tired, and pain is not real. It's your body getting you to stop, all right? So anxiety is trying to get you to do something that you don't want to do. So it's not, you're not in charge, it's in charge. So the moment you realize that someone else is in charge, then you can start to be in that work and have that conversation with it. What do you want me to do? Okay. okay, what do you ask me to do anxiety? Like what what like my daughter like uh, I'm, I'm nervous You should be nervous. It's a big championship game. What do you yeah. don't think athletes are nervous when they play in the Olympics and things like that? Yeah, they just know that they whatever it's it's just it's passing thing. Of course, they should be nervous They should be you know have anxiety whatever it is so like with with, with pain and exhaustion Right first already if you have exhaustion you're only at 70%. Your body is a safety mechanism to keep you from overheating, dying. Yep. Like, we're, we're, we're designed to live 100,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. when there was no hospital, McDonald's, and the supermarket, <laughs> right? 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 Yeah. There's no bottled water yeah, back right. in the savannah yeah. 100,000 years ago. Yeah. So you have a different, so you just tell you, you're not tired. You just, well, first of all, you just learn to unhook that safety mechanism. We just go charging through, and sometimes you hit that barrier. Yes. And then you just, then you get the, you know, then there's the Whitmobile. It's the ambulance. It takes you to the hospital. They get the guys and the players sent. The athletes are well known for pushing themselves Absolutely. well into those things, which is not healthy. 
It's not, but and then it's also the thing that gets you to those those far reaches of athletics. You it's know? not so bad, you know. Yeah. The ride to the, I, I, you know, I, the Whitmobile we called it because Mike Whitmore should always cramp. One time went blind. He, 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 oh, yeah. Lord. So, but you know, guys were in the players that they have bags and they survived. Yeah. You'll survive. <laughs> get, get an IV. You'll survive. That's beach your eyeball stuff. But some sports, you know, some of the combat sports are kind of rough. And yeah. You get beat up there pretty hard. Yeah. But so, so back to what you're saying, right? So. If you try to run away from that, you're kind of running away from yourself. I don't know if that's going to work. Yeah. All right. You got to talk to talk to. Imagine anxiety is like, or if you're with like a bad boyfriend, you're going to get rid of. Yeah. <laughs> or like a like a brother, or yeah. like a family okay. member, like an uncle, and a thing. How are you going to deal with the uncle at the hot? Uh, yeah. At uh, Thanksgiving. Just can't get out of your your head, right? They won't go. It's not going to go away. That's the point. Yeah. That's the point. So elite athletes just have a better mechanism to reframe that anxiety and do the thing that gets them reframing is huge that's yeah. gigantic because that's what human beings can do uh, that's one of our biggest things like right? we can sit there and say isn't this great like no so matter it's just what, perspective it's... right i mean well, first reframing... of all whenever it's hot yeah it's hotter for them like yeah. if you're feeling bad they're feeling worse that's the first thing to say yeah so they're gonna die before me if i could just keep going i, I that was the 1993 world championships in rio it was so hot i was dying i would stop sweating that, you know what that means? That means I got about 10, 15 minutes before the ambulance pulls up and takes me away. Yeah. But I'm like, they got 10 minutes, maybe five. So uh, I'm, like, they're hot. It's hot for them too because I'm in better shape. I train hard. Like, so you tell yourself. Right. You keep pushing yourself. Yeah. You, there's the techniques we use. Yeah. Right? Like, for sure. I, 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 you're taking me back. I've never competed at any level like you have, but swimming the peer-to-peer, the first time yeah, I swam yeah. it, and I, the tide was... I'd, I'd swam it a hundred times, like mm-hmm. training. Mm-hmm. And the day of the race, it was just oh, gnarly. Just, just and I'm like, what the, what is going on? Yeah, yeah. And as the the, the song or, and the the Churchill quote, "If you're going through hell, just keep going." Just like kept running, yeah. and I'm just yeah, should have been Forrest Gump, but you know, just keep mm-hmm. swimming. Just or or, or no, that's Finding Nemo, but <laughs> <laughs> just keep swimming. Keep swimming. Yeah. But you know, and then but I've always also been drawn to the stories of athletes. Like I've read channel crossing books like mm-hmm. the you know women that have crossed you know there's one um who's crossed all the major straits in the world so it's like i like to look at people who have done things bigger than i have done and then i'm like well she did that i can freaking make it to manhattan pier well, right right like, yeah yeah it's, it doesn't matter what the tide's doing today i'm gonna go yeah but, I, I do yeah. a lot of like every like navy seal trainer like special forces training right there's those yeah, programs are those specifically are... designed to show you you can push way past. Seriously, like you can go, you can go six days without sleeping, and paddle. You know, you're starting to hallucinate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you start hallucinating, yeah. and you like, don't really know what you're doing, but you can still paddle a thing and walk and run and all sorts of stuff. It's, yeah. it's fascinating. That's the part of being an athlete and wanting to be an athlete is, look, if you, let me butterflies. Okay, yeah. so, uh, it, it is a state change. Mm-hmm. So you can interpret it as being nervous. You could get not want to go out, or you could be like Sinjin and said, "I always knew I'd play well when the butterflies were the worst. Whenever I was most nervous, I knew I was going to play well." Like that, that's yeah. not only a reframing, but look, if you go from if I'm in Rio and I'm sitting in a in under in the stadium in the air conditioned on the couch and drinking water, mm-hmm. and I run out in that stadium, which is over 100 humidity with everyone throwing stuff at you screaming yeah your body's just gone through an incredible state change usually you know you got to you know warm yourself up but that you don't get that all the time yeah your body will start reacting it'll start sending chemicals and all this through your body it'll, it'll start you shaking Shake. yeah okay nervous now you'd be system. like I'm, yeah well but you're not nervous no but your nervous your, system your nervous system, system like, is firing yeah. yeah so 
what would happen to me, I could tell all athletes out there, I couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. I started to hyperventilate. Yeah. I'd be like, <laughs> so if you were young or didn't know or weren't as trained as I was to think like, oh my God, I'm getting, it's the world championship. Oh my God, it happens all the time. Then my arm doesn't work. So I call it spaghetti arm. Oh okay. God. So okay. I try to pepper it. It doesn't work. I try to hit it. It doesn't work. It literally wouldn't work. So I'm going into the world championship. My arm doesn't work, but that happens every time almost. Sometimes okay. it lasts for 30 seconds a minute. Sometimes it's in the game. Really? Yeah. There's okay. nothing I could do about it, but there's nothing I could do about it. So guess what? If it comes back, I'll win. If not, no, I don't win. That's nothing I can do. Yeah. But, but the, what so happened? Obviously, most of the time it went away because <laughs> you won a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, because I didn't let it affect me. So, like most yeah. people, are like, oh my god, what happens? What if? What if? What if? Oh, I'm so nervous. Like they begin. It, it's not what happens to you. It's how you interpret it that will yeah. get you in trouble all the time. Yeah. Even back to your anxiety. Again, it, that's the best thing you can have is anxiety. Kicks you off the couch. Look at you. You're like stunned. Look at her. I want, no, but see, that's the, like, I want America to know that. And it's like, that's not, not taking mental health seriously, but we have this, like the way that we talk about this stuff now, like every kid knows to be worried that they're going to get anxiety. That's a guarantee. If you're worried about it, you already have it. You're going to get yeah, it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, well, yeah. And I, now they want, have you seen the thing that says they want to start screening all kids at eight for anxiety? I'm sure they all have it. What's your point? Like, they want to medicate everybody's right. bottom line. I guarantee Let's talk about health. that yeah. they would have, yeah, yeah, but they would, I, I mean, as a kid, Depression, like, I was a nervous take a pill. kid. I was a nervous kid. Like, all, I, I, so oh, I'm sure they would have the told me, they, they, they would have told me I would have had anxiety. I'm like, but I learned, you know, over the years, and not to say, you know, like, it's taken me a long time, but I don't think we should be talking about it. Like, I li- I love what you're saying, because I don't think we should be talking about it like it's the worst thing that could happen in the world. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's yeah, not even the worst it's thing. Very it's totally human, normal. Right? It's totally normal. Yeah. That's what's great about sports. You sort of get to experience and you get to, you know, it challenges you in these areas. And you, but yeah. that's the point of sports. It's a sport to learn to overcome these things. Yeah. It's supposed to learn to, you know, how, how to, how to, you know, take adversity yeah. and turn it around. Yeah. And you lose sure. a lot of time. You lose sometimes crushingly. Yeah. And it, it makes you feel then, bad. And then you cry. I, could, I, could, I, I lost the 1991 World Championships in Rio and I cried because I was sad. Yeah. So it's funny. So I'm with these girls, so my girls are like, do I coach? This was softball. And they were sad after loss and a couple of them, you know, they're sniffling and crying. So it goes, stop this crying. You know, there's no crying. You know, don't worry. Don't cry. He's like, right, Kent? Athletes don't cry. And I go, well, actually, I did. Yeah. <laughs> World, <laughs> I mean, champion- I love that World Championships, 1991. They just like, oh. cried. All the girls like, really? I'm like, yeah. I go, you girls are yeah. It's totally normal. If you yeah. feel it, you feel it. Cried all the way from Bakersfield to Fresno. We lost the Valley Championship. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I still remember that car. Of course, of and course. I'm friends with all the, those girls, and we still talk about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like the the memories, the relationships, and the cries, and the, the fact that you care. Of course. If you that, can't get course. to any level, yes. you don't care, yes. Yes. You, you're not going to have the energy to show up. Right? That's true. I'd rather have an athlete if I'm coaching. I want an athlete that cares. You know, it's got to be meaningful for them. Yes, yeah, yes. There's, yeah. A, there's a lot of, like, it, it matters. It matters. And you see that a lot of athletes. A lot of athletes don't want to win. That's why winning is easy. Uh, winning is easier than you think. Yeah. Yeah, right? Pick so. the book up, guys. Like, there's some <laughs> yeah, good stories yeah. in there. Yeah, I've got my Facebook page. I talk yes. about winning and how to win and uh, uh, specifics. Because I've been really, after writing this book, that's why I've been focused. I've just been, like, so fascinated with winning. Like, the difference between those that win and those that don't win. Yeah. And I found it fascinating. It's not just from my experience uh-huh. mutual level, but I've studied other sports, other athletes, other coaches. Who are um, some of your favorites? Well, Belichick, Walsh, yeah. you know, uh, Saban in football, yeah. Jackson. 
uh, you know, there's a bunch of coaches, Torrey and baseball, right? I've taken the ones who are considered top, and I'm looking, I'm looking for what is basically the, the, the commonality, the key. So whether it's Jeter or Wells and the Jordan or Kobe or Shaquille or, you know, any of Brady or you know, all the guys, like there's, 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 ready? Yeah. There's, there's winners and then those that don't win. And there's a difference between okay. winners and those that don't win. And it's a difference that's knowable and discoverable. Like you can, you can, you can find what I call the switch. It's called the winning switch mm-hmm. and it's inside of everybody. Okay, inside of everybody is an athlete, right? You got to train. You, you yeah. got to be. You have to be in the appropriate sport for you know. Yeah. Uh, things like size and the speed and things like that. But uh, within everybody is that switch, and if you flip that, if you find that switch and you flip it, you'll win. And that's the difference. It's it's not. It's it's easy. It's it's not a mystery. It's not some climb up the mountain. It's not some hard journey. It's just a switch. You just simply say, "I'm going to win." Period. Is that something that came from doing this studying that you're doing Absolutely. now, or did you know that you had that early on and you found it? No, you I, again, you don't know this when you're yeah. young. Yeah. You don't know See, this. That's... You don't know. You don't know what you don't know, and you just did it because he did it. Like yeah. I didn't know the training that I did was actually different than what other people did in training. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't know the coaching that I got was different than what other people got in coaching. And so it takes time and reflection, as, as yeah. we talked about. It takes time, reflection, study. To really understand the experience that you went through and what you did and how it was different, I guess is the key. So back to our original conversation about why it's important for as a parent to be involved in their kids is because again, the, there's better coaches out there. There's great coaches, and they're they're not they're, there's not a lot of them. They're hard to find, and they don't really like to BS around a lot yeah. of times. Like right. They they're they're good. They're quiet. They're not a lot of them out. Not a lot of them out there. Like most of those how-to videos, mm-hmm. I had a conversation with a person last week. Okay. Okay. How-to. I go. I go. Do they know that they don't know what they're talking about, or are they just full of it? Yeah. I go literally because this is from the the, the top num- names, numbers, whatever. Okay. I go. You you have to know this is wrong. It's wrong. Yeah. And this guy told me because look, they're salespeople. Yeah. This is a sales thing. They want you to subscribe. They want you to buy whatever. Because I know a sales technique when I see it. Yeah. I said, that makes sense then. Yeah. So, they, so right? So my dad got me to the coaches that were going to make me better. How did he do that? Research? Once you sit there and, re- right, if you're a parent out there, ready? Yeah. You have to go find those. I, I talk to parents all the time. And the first thing they look at me is like, that's a lot of work. Or they go, well, can you give me some suggestions? I said, no, I don't know. I don't know uh, volleyball coaching trainers in San Diego. I, I yeah. don't. I, nor do I have the time to go. The day, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, again, like that's why I said it's within every athlete. There's this. It's there. There's a switch you can find. It. It's it's unique to every sport and unique to every athlete. But again, you you must you must know that there are coaches that will make your kid better or make you better. Right. Mm-hmm. Mine was John Smith was the track coach. How my dad got to hold of him, I have no idea. But he's the best sprint coach in the country at the time, and probably ever, and will ever be. In Pacific Palisades. It was at UCLA. Oh, at UCLA. So we yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Was, yeah. So, well, the dads in my town, Pacific Palisades, went out and got great coaches to come to our community to coach us as kids. So okay. they, they Mike Norman. If you're out there, Mike Norman. Storm and Norman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect for a bunch of knucklehead yeah. kids. High, high school kids. Oh, yeah. Somebody's okay. going to rip my arm off and beat me to death with it. Okay. And so he, that's he, the kind he, of, he was going to do it. And he was serious. And you believed him. 
oh, it was going to happen. Yeah. If, I didn't, <laughs> if I didn't do exactly what he said at that moment, it was going to happen. But that's exactly what I needed. It was perfect. He was a great coach See, for, that, for, for that age group. Yeah. yeah, and that's another thing I think as an elite athlete, you got to be able to take some really tough, tough coaching. Right, like there are that, those personalities that are out for there for boys, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Right? no, for, it is different coaching girls and boys for sure. Yeah, yeah no doubt, yeah. no doubt. But I will say, it still as a female athlete, like you got to be tough. Now it's a different, it's a different like, kind of toughness. Like, Strangle you girls like they used to do back in no. the day. <laughs> that uh, that would not have worked for me. That would I not asked the girl, oh my god, no. I go, I go. We know this coach. We know what he did. It was pretty bad. Yeah, no. I and I go, I go. Do what she like said. She goes. She goes. I, you know, I knew what I was getting into. I knew yeah. he was tough, and that's what I wanted. Well, no, She's a tough cookie. This friend. Yeah, of yeah. I mean, you know, some yeah. girls some are going to make it. I don't, I don't think I want anybody's hand. You don't want the chokey? No, but you know what? It was good for me to learn to get yelled at. Yeah. Like, yeah. like honestly, my, my parents didn't yell at me. I was a pretty good kid, but I was really timid, sensitive, pretty shy. First time I got yelled at for not, like, freaking doing what I was capable of doing, I'm still friends with that coach today. Like, we still talk. Yeah. And um, I thank her for it. I mean, that is the kind of stuff. And I think some days now, in some of the coaching and parenting, that little intersection between coaches, parents, and athletes, like, some of that's getting lost. Like, you, parents idiot. don't want their kid to have that tough moment and like that's that tough moment is exactly what's going to make him perform at the next level yeah certainly and for, my for us guys they did yelling us would have been really nice because they really yeah. embarrassed us and humiliated okay. us in front okay. of our friends and family so yeah. that's how they did it with <laughs> okay. us okay like yeah. you suck it was it made you feel bad yeah but what they were doing was something called ego death all right so that's mm -hmm. the technical thing they were doing ego death they were trying to get you to it's a bad word to put it not care mm -hmm. right not you, you have to separate that part of your mental framework your mental map which says that if someone yells you calls your name your your performance you don't have time in an athletic contest to be worried about that stuff things happen too fast yeah. so it's called ego death so old school they used to like do they, they first of all they'd yell at you until like a certain point of basketball our coach was mad at us he's we're in the halftime he's yelling at us. He's, he's throwing garbage cans and we're just laughing because it's the funniest thing we've ever had and that's just making them more pissed off, right. right? But by that time, you're like, you can call me whatever. You call me whatever you want. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter. So yeah. again, ego death, right? You say so yeah. you have a lot of self-confidence. You also, it's good for life too. You, you, by the yeah. way, I, when you screw up and someone says you sucked and screwed up, you're like, yeah, I, I, that was me. Yeah. I, I screwed that one up, right? Yeah. It's okay. It no, I mean, <laughs> honestly, it's what helps you come through it. You learn something. Yeah, yeah. But now we have better techniques. Yeah. They have better techniques to do the ego death part of okay. it. Okay. Because really, it's yeah. You're trying to you're trying to you're trying to remove the part of the forward brain which makes you like nice and you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. social yeah. and yeah. things like that. Yeah, but like, in those moments, that's not what it's about. It's not about being. Well, angry, well, right? but, well. You what the brain dampens the signals yeah. to keep you from doing dumb things or antisocial things or things that are mean. So if you, you have to unhook that to get that signal faster, and that's uh -huh. the difference. Again, we're talking two points, one field goal, totally. last second drive, last yeah. second shots, okay? Yep. Like baseball, you know, you got half a second to move your hands 80 miles an hour and, yeah. you know, a few feet. So any sort of, anything that clogs that up is going yeah. to hurt you. So is that like what you would say? I'm thinking, like, that's the difference between a player, like, it's coming to me like, Sometimes there's a time to just keep the ball in play, but the people who win know how to execute, mm -hmm. yeah, right? They got to go for it. And you got to go for it. Mm -hmm. And that ability to play free 
Like, you know when you can see an athlete that's like, that's my favorite thing to watch, I don't care what sport. Mm-hmm. If you can tell they are just like being in the zone, in flow, playing free, not afraid to make a mistake, that's what you're getting at. God, it's even worse than that. It's okay. even more involved than that, right? right? Yeah, From a course. professional yeah, level. Yeah, so you're, getting, you're, there, you're, you're, you're so beginning to get at it. But what you're saying is, here's another problem with your okay. parent of kids or you want your kids to be good or you want to be good, is that practices, most practices are not good. They don't help you. They're not beneficial. One, they're not at the speed of sport. They're not at the pressure of sport. They're not at the intensity of sport. So what are you practicing? So sports is a repetitive motion, so you have to get into a competitive situation. And most practices, if you're doing some drill, go and watch some kids right. play. They're doing this. And they're then they're at the back of the line, and they're like, oh, that's the light. Right, so if you're a <laughs> yeah. dad, and you're like, my dad was one-on-one coaching with me. So okay. it was good training. It was yeah. one-on-one, a lot of reps. That's uh-huh. another thing. But again, the practices aren't at the speed of sport. They're not competitive. So you know, it's hard to get girls to compete against each other. Woo, is that hard, uh-huh. tough when you're dealing with young girls? Yeah. Because if they don't, if you don't compete them well, against each other, right? <laughs> like the one who they, yeah. they, the pitcher doesn't want to pitch and the hitter doesn't want to hit because it's her friend. They're like, yeah. my God, his best friend. So we had to bring an outside pitcher. Boom. Once it's someone else, then they'll start hitting. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And we and we we lent our pitcher to another team so she could go practice pitching over there. So you have to modify it for for um, okay. girls, women, things like that. Yeah. But yeah, but men, it's easy. They'll they'll just. Those, you know, pound away against yeah. each other and go and have a great time. I was going to say, and then afterwards, they also don't care. Men are like, but like, they'll go. Oh, lucky I beat your ass. And then they're off, <laughs> yeah, though. Of course, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, there's such a difference. Much different. That's fine. you got to take that into consideration. Yeah. In order to, but yeah. the bottom the point is, is that it's very hard to replicate this, a, a, a competitive game championship situation. Okay? Yeah. That's very hard to practice. So if you're not practicing, then what are you doing? What the implication is, is that in the quarterfinal match yeah. against, first of all, we hadn't we hadn't really played against Carl Henkel ever, so right. I didn't know his game. So we had a lot of tape on people. We have tendencies right. of professional athletes who are students, and right, so we don't know what to expect. That's hard. So what I talk about it, you talk about with any of the any of the, the it doesn't matter football, basketball, baseball. You will you have to do things you've never experienced or practiced. All right, you're at a level you've never. I've never played in the Olympics before I played in there. I'd never faced Carl Hinkle. I'd never been, I, we were the number one team and we were not the number one team in that game. They were. So I was never in a big competition with so much on the line when I wasn't the best. So I had to pull something out of me that I had never practiced or experienced. And you'll find that a lot with athletes. So that's going to make people get nervous. I just got a chill at the back of my oh, spine. Right? Yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, I got excited. Yeah, see, like, you can't see that, but I literally just got a chill thinking about it, like, God, I want to be back there at that time where you're like, that's right. This is the time. Like, uh, this is. And, and most people might get scared. Oh, I don't know what to do. I didn't practice this. So yeah. what should I, uh, that, that's the old choke, right? Mm-hmm. The choke comes in. What you were talking about before was that professional athlete, they see that fire. That wall, they go charge. They're like, yeah. Because yeah. when you're a kid and you're dreaming, like, I want to be at the bottom of the night. I want to hit the, the home run to win it. I want to take the game-winning shot. You don't like, you don't this kid dreaming like, oh, I'm up by 30. I just yeah. want to be. Yeah, <laughs> you know, totally. You know, the kid ever does like, oh, it's ninth inning. We're yeah. up by 12 runs. Yeah. Like, no. I think I'll just bunt and run yeah. it out. No. No, you want that. So th- then you're, I was like, we're here. I remember that. It's a 12-8 side change. We're losing. Uh, I gave okay. the chills. Yeah, right? We're losing. <laughs> and I look around, I'm like, this is the best. This is exactly what I dreamed about. Yeah. You know, I, I, like, uh, we're down. It's the Olympics. We're going to we're gonna win this. I just think I go, we're going to win this. I, go, I don't have. Uh, I don't have. But I, I go, I gotta go. We, Carson and I talk. I go, look, we got to do this, this. And he goes, okay, fine. And we turn around and 
They won. And they're still talking about it. Totally. 26 years later. Yep. There's a book. A guy, you know, a guy came to me and says, I want to write a book about it with you. Yeah. That's the yeah. kind of fun stuff you get to do when you're a professional athlete. That's such good stuff. But again, stuff. you can't practice it. You can't prepare for it. Yeah. And you better be, you better really want, that's, that's competitive greatness, right? Competitive greatness is wanting to be there at that moment. You're like, this is exactly yeah. it. Give me the ball. Serve me the ball. I want it, you know, like totally. Brady wants that football in his hands and the yep. receiver, you know, like you know, Gronk yeah. wants that ball thrown to him. Amen. You know, Jordan like you're wants to bet on yourself yeah. before anybody else. Yeah. You know, Jordan's ready to take that last step, but so is Kerr. So yeah. is, uh, you know, Pat, uh, whatever his name was. Um, uh, yeah, the other guy, they, they, right? Jordan got in trouble, he dished it. They were ready to shoot. They want to shoot that last second shot, too. Yeah. Such um, good stuff. Yeah, isn't it fun? So. Um, I can go on forever. Oh, I know. I can. Yeah, absolutely. I can too. Um, And I am an AVP junkie. And Mm -hmm. there's a a young one coming up from Pacific Palisades. And I'd love to hear what you have to say about Miles Partain. He played with Luke. They used to play in CBVAs when they were growing Mm -hmm. up. And Mm -hmm. watching him come on the scene at AVP is just probably the most fun thing I've watched on the men's side in a long time. It is. He's a really, really, I know his dad, actually. He's, yeah, he's Peter's from the Palisades. Yeah. Peter's great. Um, and uh, he comes from Palisades, my hometown. Too. Yeah. And if he breaks my record as the youngest number one in history of sport, I'll be mad. I'll be very happy for him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I will be happy for you, Miles, if you do that. He gets close. Okay. I got to figure out. It's, it's going down to months now. He has a chance, maybe. Really? When? Okay. How would that I'd happen? To, do you know? I'd have to look it up. Okay. He's right. He's right. right there. But, okay. But that'll be exciting. But watching him play, anytime you get a young kid like that who's into it, hopefully, God, the sport's such a mess right now in the United States. I really, hopefully, he'll get the resources surrounding him to be able to truly get his talent exposed out there. You know, I talked to his dad. Yeah. I go, no, don't listen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody out there listen. I go, he's going to play beach football. He's going to be a pro. I think he's like, I can't miss three tournaments. He's going to have to get a job. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, but maybe not. Maybe not. not. Yeah. It's, it, the, I would love to see something turn around for these guys and to be able to, but beach volleyball's always been challenged, you know, in at least, especially post the time you came through in the 90s when there were so many, well, that's because we in, did it. So I was going to say, you get into this Because we did the it. The marketing the versus the did it. Yep, yep. Sinjin did it. I did it. Now they're not doing it right. And I wrote a business plan and I gave it to the voice and, uh, they have the choice to do it or not. Really? Of course, yeah. I went to business school. Yeah. Right, I told you I went to Stanford Business School. Yeah. And so finance, came off the gold medal and went, Played a couple more years. Played a couple more years. And the tour, tour went bankrupt because yes. a bunch of people took it over and thought they could own it and screw it up. And it's the golden, they killed the yeah, golden goose. Cause, cause right. Because that's eat the right goose. when I came out of college yeah. and I had some friends that came down here and wanted to, you mm-hmm. know, wanted to give it a shot and there was really mm-hmm. nothing you could mm-hmm. do. Yeah. So okay, so then the turn, so the the tour goes bankrupt. Is that when you went to business school? Yeah, so I went to business school. Okay. Yeah, so I applied to business school, went to business school, and moved on, moved on to the next stage and part of my life. But they keep calling me back every once in a while. They keep calling me oh. back every while. People want to buy it or invest in it, or they ask me what you do with it. And I always, so this time I wrote a business plan. I get tired of them All right. calling me. You want so, to tell me a couple things that you you would recommend? It's a bit well. All right. Uh, uh, Simple. You don't, you don't have to get into details, but. The problem is, is that there's two problems. One is that everyone overestimates the potential market size, and it's 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 small. Yeah. First of all, uh, sports don't make money; they lose money. So you have to figure out who's going to lose the money. So mm. the, the problem is that people are getting involved. If you're involved in volleyball, beach volleyball, you think you're going to make money, you're going to lose money. As Donald Sun found out, he lost tens of millions of dollars. 
Yeah. Good job, Don. Um, <laughs> didn't listen to the business plan, didn't So, okay. you, know, you know, Green Bay Packers, one of the most successful franchises of all time, gets a full share of the NFL revenue. Their stadium's full every year, average ticket price. Every eight, ten years, they have to raise $60, $80 million from the people of Green Bay to fund operations because yeah. they're the most iconic franchises. Uh, Phoenix Suns doesn't make money. They need to take you know, the Lakers, the Golden State Warriors, Chicago, New York teams pays into the fund that pays all the other NBA teams. So yeah. it's not as easy as people think. Just yeah. look, if, if a beach volleyball tournament made money, people would put them on. True. Okay? They don't make money. So yeah. it's like that old thing with, um, with poker. If you don't know who the sucker is at the table, <laughs> sucker's you. So it's a nonprofit model, and you have to ask people for help. So that's basically okay. the business model. So the players get together. So the, the, the so there's there's an over expectation of how how big it is, mm -hmm. uh, and there's an underestimation of how complicated an event is. Mm -hmm. Putting on a tournament, an event is, is complicated. Yeah. Okay, my partner does it for a living. She's in marketing. She okay. does events. Right? Yeah. She does the Malibu Food and Wine event. Yeah. And I show them. Event like, logistics are, that is. It, it's, it's a full-time job. It is a yeah. absolutely yeah. full-time job. Yeah. So, so everyone in the beach volleyball community thinks like, they talk to the player like, wow, God, we should just be playing here, here, here. I'm like, uh, go to the city council when they tell you no. Yeah. And then try to figure out how to get by them. Yeah. Right? So when we played in Fresno, as you say, they built a park for us. Yes, but we had Bruce Bronson, your, your, dad, your, your, was, yeah. your dad, like yeah. all the politicians. Bruce led it. Bruce led it. And, yes. and then I remember my dad coming home and going, hey, you know what we're going to do? I know you girls like volleyball. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you're what? You know, but Bruce led it. Bruce well, so this guy, Bruce, was yeah. the state assemblyman uh, yeah. from the area, but he was in the leadership. Mm -hmm. Like it was it was a Willie Brown, one yeah. person, him. He yeah. was like number three yeah. in the state of California. Yeah. So he's got some juice. Right. And he, he's. That's what it takes and he sometimes. Beach and he, he loved beach volleyball. It was good for the community. Yeah. It was a good park. Yeah. It made sense. And, you know, yeah. that, that's... So. And that's, yeah. That, I mean, and that's it, it, it adds to the, the experience of the sport. But it's still, when you come back to it, well, all right, so, a real so money-making venture. It loses money. Yeah. So exactly. who's going who's gonna to yeah. pay for it, right? Yeah. But the second thing is, like, you, you gotta, you're got you you're using municipal, like, parks and stuff like that. Yeah. That's why they play in these dumb stadiums and nobody goes and... Yeah. Nowhere. Yeah. All right. So we go. All right. First of all, you go to a beach. Well, why would they let you play? Why would they let you advertise companies? Of course, everyone wants to have free advertising in the beaches of California. Which yeah, you know, you're you're number one hundred in line of the things they want to do. They want to do all the dumb games. Yeah. Right. But I had no. We're beach volleyball. Shouldn't we be get priority? That's not the way it works. Anyway, so the business plan just takes the realization of what's going on at heart, mm -hmm. and and there's just it's not it's it's. I mean, how many. Professional beach volleyball players can you support on a tour in the United States that's under the umbrella of the FIVB tour, which is the actual tour. Right, that's what I was going to ask so you. So it's almost like, like a minor league tour. The, yeah, how uh, can you get the American professional leagues to fit into the international? Very easy. You can't. Of okay. course it is. Simple. Yeah. It's simple. Yeah. But, it, but it requires the right structure. Yeah. To try, all right, so... Uh, you, all right, you need a you need a you need a guy a guy or a girl a woman who who knows how to sell mm -hmm. million dollar sponsorship packages and TV deals. Yeah, those people are very rare. Yeah, and they're busy. Yeah, and they don't need you. Mm -hmm. You need them too. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing, Beach Volley. You need them, and it's part time gig because again, the total revenue of the sport is not large. Yeah, uh, and uh, they'll work with you. I talked to one. Here, ready? I, I, this is what he said. This is two yeah. weeks ago. All right. He, I go, would you? I go. I go. I know you're not going to do it because you're too big time. But could you? Do you know some guys, young, 
yeah. on the way up that would that would like that would make their career. He goes, yeah, of course I know people, and I'll give them to you. But he goes, have the players pulled their heads out of their rear mm. ends yet or not? I said, well, we're halfway there. We're working on that. <laughs> <laughs> we're working on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everybody knows. Yeah. But because there's a certain personality that quote unquote talked about it in the book, you could even say it still exists today. That you had a different personality than a lot of this, the, like the beach volleyball mentality. You can tell even in this conversation. I'm like, yeah, that's not your typical beach volleyball player. Certainly not in the '90s or '80s when yeah. I first started up. A little bit in the '90s when it got big. There were some better, better. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, you know, Dane Plans a solid guy. Yeah. 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 There's there's many others too. But For sure. I'm not throwing any shade. I I'll shade. I'll throw I, the shade. I'll I, throw the yeah, shade. I, They're I, a bunch I, of delinquents. Okay. <laughs> the guys I started playing with in this '80s were delinquents. Yeah. I had lots of them. Yeah. yeah rough got bunch of people. Yeah. It, it wasn't it wasn't a sport. Didn't like. All right. Almost the first year on tour, I played the sports prize money exploded and did nothing but grow from there. But both television sponsorships, money. Before that, it was just kind of, you know, you kind of. The guys were like, ah, I think I'm going to become a fireman someday, but I'll play beach volleyball for a couple of years. Yeah, why wouldn't you, right? If you love to play. It's yeah, a great around. life. So, yeah, if you be Party able to time. Yeah. At a certain mm-hmm. age, if you can just, you know, if you can eat and sleep. and Dude, that was the years that's... of the spring break. Mm-hmm. It was Florida was on fire. Like, really? Oh, my God. Like, every weekend was like, uh, oh, what's that festival they have in Northern California? You know, um, everyone goes, uh, I mean, it's a big deal. It was the whole year on. That was a... Uh, yeah. Oh man, I tell you. And it was like you know, fire festival was supposed to be. That was every okay. weekend in Florida, oh. and in the South, the the entire country, colleges just unloaded, went to Texas and Louisiana yeah. and Florida and partied. Just, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Burning Man. Burning Man. Burning Man. Okay. Right? Yeah. Bur- yeah. Burning Man. Yeah. That was every weekend was like that. Yeah. Palm Springs. Uh huh. That, remember they had to shut the city down there was, it was I vaguely remember that oh, and like wow. I said I wouldn't mind maybe five years younger than you and I was also living a very sheltered life that's why that's why that's point you go to college yeah exactly. and then your daddy's no longer yeah, no, exactly so yeah. yeah I went to Cal Poly and I made it to a couple of spring breaks but yeah I did not I make might have it been Florida. slightly over by then yeah it was crazy I graduated in 96 when when you won. That was over by then. Yeah. Spring break was dying, <laughs> dying. Like, people are like, we should go to Florida now. I'm like, I don't think the spring break, like, there's no market for volleyball anymore like there was back during the spring Interest, break. Days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I it mean, was... I would I would love to <laughs> oh see the God. AVP be as big as the video that I've showed so many people of Fresno in 1991. I showed Hermosa back in the 19, when I played. It was, uh, people couldn't believe it. Yeah. They actually, like, got mad. They get mad. Yeah. When you tell them how big it was. Of course, that ready? Mm-hmm. Of course, it could be that big. It's easy. It's easy. But people, you have to, everyone, all right, nobody's going to, nobody's going to invest their time mm-hmm. or their effort for some knucklehead or some for-profit entity. Yeah. It, it, like, they'll help the sport. Mm-hmm. It's funny, I got some calls from wrestling people. Okay. Because wrestling's kind of in similar circumstances. Like, yeah. I, they're like, hey, does this business plan you have, does it work? It works for any Olympic-style sport. It really does. Um, okay. And I said, well, here's the story. Like, uh, yeah, like, rest, right, so I'll just use yeah. wrestling. I said, what's, what's happened, what's gotten away is, so the, the Olympic Committee has got a lot on their plate now. And I'm not, yeah. I'm not criticizing USA Volleyball mm-hmm. or USA Wrestling, but yeah, they, have, they, they used to just be men's wrestling or men's volleyball. Then there's women's, then there's college, then there's Paralympics, Paralympics which is great. Is Paralympics great, is yeah. fine, but 
than that. Another level of complication. Well, right. It's taken away from that. It's a pyramid, right? So at the top of the pyramid is the professional ranks. Professional men, professional women in any sport. Once you start adding, you know, amateur, masters, Paralympics, coaching certification training, you know, refing certification training, refing rehabilitation, conservative, you know, like uh, safe sports. uh, Everyone's got to do their videos. It it becomes bureaucratic over time. And the group of the group that nobody is representing the top group of athletes mm-hmm. and that's what's wrong with these five now the players themselves must form a group and go out and sell themselves and i said the same thing with the wrestlers i said get the wrestlers together and say somebody sell i yeah. get tons of people who wants to help usa win gold medals in, in wrestling yeah. gold medals in beach volleyball tons of people will help i believe Heck yeah i mean I, I grew up i remember my grandma always donating to the u.s USA to the Olympic yeah, Committee. Yeah. Look what Fresno did. Great, they, right? they, gave us a, they, they built us a beautiful place to play, a park, yeah. which was beneficial to everybody else. Yeah. They came out and supported it. We, you know, we had the, the parties at the night. We had the, you know, we had the dinners we'd go so to. Everyone was, we'd was, meet the people. I know. Town. I remember we, playing. We had the clinics. Did you do clinic? a clinic? Yeah, see? I still remember that. I told yeah. my mom I came off that court and I was like, I could die now. I yeah. was so happy. Little who, ran, who, did the clinic? who ran the clinic? It was Sinjin and Randy. Really? Yeah. Right, so are they the number I one was, team in the world and, came to Fresno um, to do a clinic for a bunch of kids. And See changed how my life. Well, I just got on the board of AV, AVP first. Yeah? I'm like, let's, all these, these kids will come out to these clinics, but like, we need to show, quite frankly, they need to be better. They just need to be better. They're not going to do it. I know. Well, <laughs> Good luck. I know. Luck exactly. And, 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 you know. Don't listen to me. It's fine. No, we did it. We right. did it. We did it. And it worked. But nobody wants to do it now because people want to own it, control it. Yeah. They try, think they're going to make get rich off of it. That's the biggest joke. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> Valleys no. is already in trouble, everybody. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like I said, I'm in finance. That, uh, from a regional, the regional sports networks are not working out. So we're back to YouTube. Like, is that. Streaming? I mean, I mean like. Like I, I have to say, like mm-hmm. I, they, they were just. I love watching AVP, but you had to watch it. Ju- it was strictly on YouTube, whereas they'd been on Amazon Prime and Peacock, and you know just the streaming. But even, but all this season, like just being on YouTube. Now the comments were kind of fun, but that's not really that's not going to grow the sport. Look, the reason why UCLA and USC are leaving the Pac-12 is because they're screwing around so in sports. They're screwing around, and the Pac-12 screwed around. Okay. Totally. Let me explain yeah. sport. Let me explain college Please. sports. Yeah. It's football and ba- men's basketball. Yeah. yeah. All, all the other ones are charity events. So if you're gonna pump, if you're gonna like, look, we play. I played men's volleyball, and our right. our, our our league was in Southern California. Like there was, there, I don't I don't see the reason to put some of these women's sports into these giant football conferences because why do I care if the UCLA women, whatever, is playing Utah? Like why are they playing Pepperdine? Or Loyola Marymount, or San Diego State, or like it should be more local. You want even baseball, yeah. Well, just something interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. all right. So if you have a football conference that's meant for a TV audience mm-hmm. to get giant revenue in football, does that make sense for any woman's sport? But no, women got to do the same things. But see, the men's sports never did that. Like baseball isn't Pac-12; they're Pac-6, I think, with Northern and a Southern one. Yeah, it's like like well, like now they're. UCLA and Stanford men's volleyball. I mean, I follow that. My son plays at Stanford, and yeah. they're in the NPSF. Of course, right? Of course. That's not Pac-12. <laughs> not, of course not. Right? Of so, course, yeah. So it's kind of what you're getting. Yeah, at. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So there's 250 women's beach volleyball programs. It's a lot of programs. 
That's a lot of money. Uh, good for them. Yeah. Good, good for the girls who yeah, play. For sure. I, yeah. I, I have nothing but love for all sports and all things. I'm just saying, uh, they're like you're going to see some changes in college sports because of what's happening along these lines. Yeah. Like these, 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 these. Because uh, the difference between difference for UCLA and USC is you know fifty, sixty million dollars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a lot of money. Yeah, especially post COVID with everything that everyone lost, and then mm-hmm. you go through and but I'm. I'm bummed. I feel like the Pac-12 is, is it even going to be around? Like. No, without UCLA and USC? I don't know. Sure. It'll be, it'll be like Conference USA. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. It's, they, it's, may, it's, hey, they, they made their decisions. Yeah. They, they, and, and they, well, you they, like these podcasts where you talk about deep issues? It's yeah. I don't even want to tell you everything because right. <laughs> you can't. You get canceled. People get pissed. Mm-hmm. But they blew it. They blew it because they're pushing an agenda. I'll tell you. But what, what, I have a friend in the USC Athletic department. He goes. They, you know, they made their decision, and they're going to live with it now. The Pac-12. And with the network. Of course. What, yeah. what, have you seen what's on those networks? Is yeah. that what you want to watch? No. Or is that what they think you should watch? And they make it hard. I don't know the whole thing. Like, they're not accessible. Like, if you have Directv, you can't even watch Pac-12 network. Yeah, so because I, they, because Pac-12 wants them to pay money, and Directv is like, <laughs> for what? Bowling. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> for a yeah. Like, Interesting. Like, like, if you do this program and nobody watches it, mm-hmm. but the SEC is doing this one and they're doing it differently, mm-hmm. and I don't even want to talk about it because I'm not interested. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to take the heat. Yeah, yeah. But I, they're doing it differently, and they're doing it, and, and this one gets yeah. watched, and this, and this one, one doesn't. doesn't. Well, all right, we'll let people do their own research. Yeah, go it's look at it. <laughs> go, go watch it. Go ask some questions. Go watch the yeah. SEC uh, football wrap up, and yeah. then go watch the Pac-12 one on the channel. You'll yeah. see a difference, a big difference. Well, I I agree with you. Yeah. So um, obviously we could we could know we could go on about sports and topics all day long. This is what I love about podcasting. But I do want to respect your time on a Friday afternoon. You know what I love as a podcast, a sports podcast, because most of them are all just like Barstool's too entertaining. It's like comedy, more comedy. Yeah, it is funny. But it's meant to be funny. But then the other ones are. Like the yelly tongue. Oh, he's that uh, that terrible. <laughs> you just add words to yeah. the people who are talking loud and yelling. But there's, no, there's not like many sports podcasts or even things that talk about sports seriously that I'd be interested. In. Like yeah, like from a athlete perspective, yeah. a strategy perspective, a winning perspective, or across them all. Because I... it's because it's not entertain. I get entertain. People want entertainment, right? But I don't. I like serious conversations. Yeah, like this. I like. This is the, fun. Thank you. It's fun. You. Thank it's you. A, yeah, this um, the storytelling aspect of sports. I love the story behind the game, and I also just love the concept of sports becoming the game of life. Because mm-hmm. everything that we've learned, whether no matter you know what level you've played at, you took something from the sports you learned, you you played, and you're applying it in your life. Somewhere. Of course, yeah. there's so many things. Yeah. I mean, it's all in your book. You've talked about it on other podcasts, and we've talked about it today. But it's like. Even the way that I grew up in sports is, affects the way I parent, the way I, you know, run a business. It's it's great. I hire athletes. Course, I'm always looking course. to hire athletes because athletes figure things out. Yeah. You know, if they don't know how to do something, they'll figure out how to do something. They're not going to just go, I don't know how to do that. Well, you know, some people are like teachers. Some people are farmers. Some people are covered. Those are just athletes. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's almost like totally engineers or, or, or an athlete. So yeah. it's kind of like defines you yeah. as a person and who you are and what you like to do and you know, okay. health, fitness, and like go yeah. for it attitude. And, even like to be, you even like to talk differently around athletes. Yeah. There's a freerness. Yeah. You can, I can offend people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. No, we're not thin skinned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> totally. People are like, you're really direct. I'm like, I was just saying what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I prefer it that way. Right. Um, 
But the last question, though, what I love to ask everybody that comes on my podcast, because I'm all about, I just love generational learning and the things that we can pass on to the next generation mm -hmm. and also sometimes the things they teach us. But um, what's a piece of advice you'd give to your younger self? Don't trust as many people as you did. That would be certainly serious. Like, uh, that would, like, I, I, I was, I would, well, oh God, I don't know what I've, you know, it's like the sweater. You don't want to pull the string. Like, when I was young, I was so open to life. So I got kind of screwed around with, taken advantage of, which is fine, because it just, it happens. I always thought, well, whatever. Like, I never wanted to, like, like, wonder what people's motives were. But I guess if I could tell myself to be a little more discerning in that area, yeah, maybe it might, but... Yeah. Trust. I guess that would be it. But that would be kind of a negative thing. Let me think about a positive thing to tell my younger <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know what I would tell my younger self? I, I, I would tell my younger self, you could do more than you did. Like, I think he, I, th I, I thought I had to be more focused than I now realize that I did. Like, that's another thing I would tell myself. Um, so, have a little more fun when you say focus. Oh, no, it was fun as half. Okay. There's nothing fun than winning. You want to know the happiest I've ever been? Gold medal. That, yeah, that ball goes down, you're like shocked at how oh, fun it is. So cool. right. But even then, winning winning the Fresno Open, like yeah. when you, when you yeah. told me, like when I read, she I sent like, me this I thing. You sent me the thing saying third. I said, I think I won it. So I went and looked it up. I'm like, <laughs> right, I remember winning I it. Yeah, yeah, I thought we were only there two years, but apparently we were three. But winning an athletic contest, winning tournaments are fun. And then, you know, obviously, right, sports is designed to. Like you can win a game, you can win a tournament, you can win a big tournament, you can win the Olympics. So yeah, right. there's a lot of ways to have be fun, right? Have fun, totally. right? It's just not there's ways to make happy. So, but uh, I probably you know maybe I could could have. Well, it's tough to say because you're so focused. Like unless you have to focus, like you go to a tournament, you go back to the room, and like you know could have gone and done some other things. Yeah, because I Which think, I think a lot of people do. So was that maybe just part of your personality that you were? You asked me what I'd say to my younger self. I'm trying yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I tell my daughter, she's like, she's like, Daddy, I want to take, take AP French, but they won't let me play in the softball team because that's the time for softball training. I'm like, you can play softball and AP French. Like, yeah. We're going to talk to the coach. Yeah. <laughs> like, she was, she, oh, she was really, yeah, she was being a daughter. She was crying, uh -huh. going nuts, nah, screaming the book. I can, like barely understand what she's saying. Yeah. I go, you're a student first, and you're, and I'll teach you how to play softball because the coaches screw her up all the time with her behavior. It drives me nuts. So I was trying to encourage her to do as much as she wants. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially if they if it's coming from them, I'm a hundred percent. I'm like. Yeah, my daughter likes to do a bunch of different things. Yeah. They, they, well, they get pissed at her because she's really good at softball. She doesn't practice that much. It's so funny. You but know? daddy coaches her. I love daddy it. coaches her. Uh, what would I say? So I guess I, I tell I tell her that I said you know oh like. Yeah, I told her. I didn't know as much about, um, God, I just saw your book open, Agassi, right? That's oh, one of the greatest of all. That's what the greatest autobiography of in sports of all time out there. I people, totally right? agree. He's so amazing. I am open. fascinated with him. I saw him mm -hmm. at the U.S. Open. Um, I, well, actually, no. I went to the U.S. Open the year he, re he retired. Uh -huh. And he lost the round before we got there. Oh, and I was like, Dang, I wanted to see him play in person because yeah. he's just a legend. Yeah. And, and that and, and, book is off the hook. Yeah. So everybody out there, right, like it's open, which is a, a tennis yeah. term, but he's also really open yeah. about how he yeah. feels. And it's, it's most athletes don't do that. They're like yeah. 25 business techniques from 10 stuff. Yeah. Yeah. How, to, how to take sports into your life. He's yeah. like really 
yeah. really passionate over about what he was thinking and feeling, which was really good. So I guess I tell my younger person, that's when I tell you, when I tell you it's totally normal. Yeah. I, I know that now. So I could tell that to my younger self too. Like I've, everything I told you here, yeah. I could probably tell my younger self, like everything you do is normal. Yeah. Like if you're feeling a certain way, it's totally normal. Yeah. All right. I love it. Yeah. I love it. This is so good. Yeah. This is why I started this podcast. So thank you so You're much for this welcome. amazing conversation. Yeah. And where can people find you if they want to connect? Uh, Facebook is what I normally do. I should yeah. probably do more. I did one, two YouTube videos, and they got like you know, thousands of people are watching, oh, which gonna... makes me laugh hysterically. Because <laughs> again, I don't do this for a living. I don't yeah. write books. I don't do the circuit. I don't coach. I'm yeah. not here schlepping some program. I, you know, I no. buy and sell securities for a living yeah. now. So this is kind of what I do as a hobby on the side. But my Facebook page, uh, it, you know, email me at Kent at KentStevis.com. 310-991-5368. I'm an open book. <laughs> All right. Text me, call me, email me, DM me. If you have a question or something or something you uh, you want me to more explain here, I, I I do it all the time with people. Yeah. Yeah. People are it's, nice. If they're, if, if they're truly interested, you know, they, they, they have something they want to know. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad we reconnected and people need to go pick up Kings of Summer. Buy and, my book. Yeah. yeah for sure. a book. Travis. 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 And Ken. That was a good writer. Loving a book, yeah, but he's a great writer. Now. Your Facebook writing, though, that's honestly what reconnected me. Did it? That's yeah, fun. absolutely. I, I saw like you start it. posting that stuff on Facebook, and I was like, oh, this is really good. Gosh, and it just yeah. t- took me back. And so, yeah. That was fun. Great stuff. That was fun. Great stuff. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much for doing Thanks for having me. Yeah. This is a Thank you so much for listening to What I Meant to Say. If you enjoyed this conversation, you know what to do. Subscribe, rate, review. And for more great content, courses, and lifestyle, go to BeBetterMedia.tv.